Imagine this. You wake up, immediately do your 30 minutes of meditation. Brush your teeth, shower, walk outside, have your perfectly balanced breakfast, grab your coffee, you're off to work, at the office 30 minutes early, you sit down and you've done it. You have had the perfectly optimized morning. Right before you turn your computer on, you have this feeling of accomplishment, this sense of you are going to crush the day. You turn your computer on, it loads up, you put in your password, you log in, when all of a sudden, boom, it happens. A help desk pops up and you now have 24 hours to pay $50,000. Otherwise, all of the data that you have spent years of building up in your business archives is going to be compromised. You feel your heart immediately sink down into your stomach as you desperately call your IT department, hoping that there's something that they can do. This is a reality that many business owners worldwide are facing each and every day. The problem is, is that many of them don't know who to call or where to turn to. And that's where cyber insurance comes in. Welcome to Filling the Gaps, a podcast about the coverages you need before you need them. I'm your host, Matthew Drum, and this week we will be talking about cyber insurance. This is a coverage that is becoming more prevalent today. The interconnectivity of the world creates an environment where as a business, we are able to offer frictionless experiences for our customers. Historically, cyber insurance was actually called cyber liability, and it was focused on the third party or your customer's privacy exposures. This has changed drastically over the last couple of years. CFC underwriting statistics show that 94% of cyber claims were first party claims. So what does that mean? This means that the attacks were focused on the company itself and not the company's customers. As terrible as this sounds, this actually makes understanding this line a little bit easier because it aligns with more traditional coverages. Cyber insurance is a modern-day policy for these modern-day attacks. Why is there such a focus on cybersecurity and cyber insurance today? There's been an increasing amount of cybercrime around the world since the rise of technology, and it really starts to spike around the early 2000s. And today, I will be covering three of the most common cyber attacks. DDoS, ransomware, and phishing. Let's dive in. So first, let's talk about DDoS. A distributed denial of service attack is a malicious attempt to disrupt normal traffic over a targeted server, service, or network by overwhelming the target or its surrounding infrastructure with a flood of internet traffic. An easy way to think about this is how a traffic jam slows down the flow of the usual traffic. In this example, a hacker is able to artificially pump traffic into a business's website that overwhelms their servers and it leaves them unable to use their resources. The second biggest DDoS attack was directed at DIN, who is a major DNS provider, in October of 2016. This attack was devastating and it created a disruption of many major sites that you may have heard of, like Airbnb, Netflix, PayPal, Visa, Amazon, The New York Times, Reddit, and GitHub. This was done using a malware called Mirai. 
Mirai creates a botnet out of compromised Internet of Things, devices such as cameras, smart TVs, radios, printers, and even baby monitors, to create the attack traffic, then compromise devices that are all programmed to send requests to one single area. And this shuts them down completely. The second is ransom malware or ransomware. It is a type of malware that prevents users from accessing their system or personal files and demands ransom payment in order to regain access. The earliest that this pops up is developed in the late 1980s and payment was actually sent via snail mail. Today, ransomware authors order that payment be sent through cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, or credit card. This is what most people think of when they think of hackers. They imagine the help desk popping up and a request for a certain amount of money to regain access to the files. I have a personal experience with this. Before I was in the insurance industry, I was an asphalt salesman. And my father is the president of this company that I was working at. And there was one day that I was in the office and it was a very early morning and I turned on my computer and all of a sudden that scenario that was covered in the very beginning of this episode happened. The help desk popped up and I had no idea what was going on. I saw the chaos that came from it. Luckily, our IT department was able to gain most of our files back and we only had to do a couple months uh, worth of data restoration. But this is something that is happening every single day to large corporations and small businesses alike. The third type of attack is the one that we are most familiar with because they end up in our spam files all the time, and this is a phishing attack. Phishing attacks make up one-third of all cyber attacks. When a trusted source is used as a disguise to get a user to input confidential or important information, this usually comes in the form of an email from an executive of a company or a bank. There's usually a link that will guide you to a separate area to input the information. Once you do that, the hacker now has access to whatever information that is, from social security cards or credit card numbers, it's now compromised. A very good example of phishing is the Nigerian Prince email. Just in case you haven't heard of it, this is what it is. It's a scam that originated in Nigeria about a decade ago, and it attempts to entice the victims with a too-good-to-be-true offer. In the classic case, the attacker poses as Nigerian royalty and uses a sob story to try and convince the reader to send money. To sweeten the deal, the sender explains that the sum of money will enable them to access their savings account and it will be paid back to them tenfold. In today's day and age, in 2020, this is repopulating, but in the case of COVID-19. And there's emails that are showing up with people that are saying, hey, I don't have access to my bank account and I have a loved one that has COVID-19 and I can't pay hospital bills. If you could help me by sending me this amount of money in Bitcoin so I can be able to pay my bills once I have access to my bank account, I'll pay it back. This example pops up about every five years with a relevant pain point of the time. Now that we've covered the three most common cyber attacks, how does cyber insurance protect you, the business owner? In the case of the phishing example, it's important to remember that while our IT department is amazing at what they do, there's one common factor in every business that cannot be accounted for, and that's human error. This is a common example that I see with my clients a lot. They have a new employee that gets hired on, 
they get an email, which is a phishing email, but it's from a higher up, an executive, and they want to make a good first impression. So they go and they input all the information and it backfires because that was a phishing email and now their database has been compromised. A lot of cyber insurance policies will have resources in place for businesses and their employees. They will have best practices and trainings to add to your employee onboarding as well as the continuing education of your employees. While each cyber insurance policy coverage will vary depending on company's needs, one thing remains constant, and that's the need for a cyber insurance policy. It's a modern day solution for a modern day problem. There we have it, episode one in the books. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in the coming weeks. If you learned something new, share this podcast with someone who you know can use this information. I appreciate you all. Thank you for your time. This is Filling the Gaps. <laughs>